You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that, that's spicy. All Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Kyrie Thompson from First and Foxborough. I am bringing you this day two training camp report live from underneath the tent at the practice fields where the Patriots just got their work done, finished up a little bit ago here. So a little quick report on practice is I feel like it was a little bit less explosive than it was yesterday where you had uh, Devontae Parker just jumping off the page. Not that he was bad because he had himself another, another good play today. But it seemed like today was a little bit more of a back and forth. And you could say, actually, that the defense got the better of the offense for a good portion of this. It wasn't that way at the beginning of practice. I mean, I believe Mac Jones was like 16 for 17 or something like that between the first seven-on-sevens and team periods. I mean, he was really dicing up that defense. They were really dicing up that defense, getting just about anything they wanted. Devontae Parker had another awesome play reference. Had another awesome play, a nice back shoulder throw for Mac Jones on like the very first play of the more serious seven-on-seven segment. Parker was going down the left side of the end zone, had Jalen Mills in tight coverage, and Jones just put it in a perfect place along the sideline. Parker makes an excellent adjustment, catches it, keeps his feet inbound. Beautiful play. That's exactly the kind of play you want to see from a guy that is, you know, counted on, you know, as a big red zone threat here. On top of that, you had some other... On top of that, you had a nice contested catch from Hunter Henry who went up and grabbed one over a Kyle Duggar in tight coverage. You had Kendrick Bourne catching a touchdown on a corner route in the back of the end zone. I mean, just everybody was getting theirs during that early part of practice. And then in the final team segment, the offense went 11 straight plays with incompletions. Like the defense was, I mean, some of it was execution, but the defense was also swarming. You had pressure on some plays from Christian Barmore. Harvey Lange was up in there. He had a pass breakup at one point. Josh Bledsoe had a pass breakup. More on him later. And just generally, the offense just, just could not get it to work. And I think Nelson Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar had kind of an underrated you know, struggle during that segment. He had one pass that I believe he should have caught. I probably would have counted it as a drop against uh, you know, Jalen Mills on a slant route right in the front of the end zone. And then he had a fade route where he caught the ball but landed out the back of the end zone. And, and I thought that he probably could have done a little bit more to keep those feet in bounds. His momentum just carried him out of bounds. Maybe the throw was a little bit too far, but you would like to see him try and drag those feet and, and maybe you know fall out of bounds and make that catch. So, I mean, minor quibbles, tough play, but again, it was just kind of a, another illustration of the offense having a bit of a tougher time there. But then, of course, as it sometimes goes, right, 11 straight plays of you know rough stuff from the offense, and then the very last play of team segments, the gotta have it play, the it's fourth down, three seconds left in the game, this is it, score this touchdown or you lose, and of course the offense scores, they roll out to the left, throw the ball to Hunter Henry in the flat, and he gets into the end zone untouched. And the defense has to do push-ups on the gotta-have-it play for the second day in a row. It's actually a fairly similar play to yesterday's 
with uh, Damian Harris catching the ball in the flat and getting in the end zone. So it wasn't like a really spectacular play, uh, but it was just well executed by the offense and the defense, despite you know, really dominating at the end of practice, got to do push-ups. But that's what it is. That, that's how that goes sometimes. You hold them for, you know, what, 11 plays, three quarters or whatever, and then it just goes downhill from there. Now back to Josh Bledsoe for a second. I mean, depending on how you count it, he's either got three or four pass breakups in the first two days of training camp. He has been all over the place and really playing some strong football. He had probably, I mean, his best play of the day was a pass breakup that he had on Johnu Smith in the back of the end zone, where it was another one of those back shoulder throws. It was something that they were repping during drills, where the defender's in front of you, so uh, now if you're running horizontally across the end zone, you throw it behind your receiver, let them adjust because the defender, if they've got their back turned to the quarterback and they're looking at the receiver, they often teach you, hey, that receiver's open. He can see the ball. The defender can't. Well, Bledsoe makes an excellent adjustment at the last second as this ball is in flight, turns and finds the ball, gets his hand in there to knock down that throw to Johnu Smith. Excellent play from the second year safety who we really didn't see at all last year because he was recovering from injury coming into the season. So, he, I mean, he's been playing really strong behind, obviously, the, the, the top three safeties that are in camp right now. Jabril Peppers is still on the pup list. He also had a play a couple plays later where he blanketed Devin Asiasi on a crosser route to force an incompletion. And then he had a pass breakup in that final segment that the defense was really killing. Knocking the ball away from Dalton Keene right in the front part of the end zone. So we've been talking about the idea of the Patriots going with three safeties, four safeties a lot. And if they have this kind of production from potentially five safeties in their lineup, I mean, that's only going to add, I think, more fuel to that idea that their safety room is so strong that they might use it to cover up some of the you know, uncertainty that they have at cornerback and other places. And that's mostly it from the on-field action. For one of the housekeeping notes that uh, you could bring up here is that Matt Patricia once again looked like he is the offensive coordinator that he's that he's going to be calling plays. There's a bit of a departure from yesterday though where in the first seven on seven segment where it was a bit more low intensity, I would say, Joe Judge was the guy with the walkie-talkie. He was, he was uh, you know, relaying the plays in from the call sheet while Matt Patricia was down with the offensive line doing individual drills. But then later on when they did what I would call the more real seven on seven segment where they had the music pump in and everything, Matt Patricia was there with the offense. He left the offensive line once again to the care of Billy Yates and a couple of the assistants. And he came to run the offense during seven on sevens. He had the walkie talkie, he had the play sheet. Mac Jones was coming up to him after plays during team segments where Patricia was once again calling the plays. And again, he just is operating as, you know, kind of Bill Belichick's right hand man in the situation. So uh, again, there was that idea of, you know, how could he possibly be calling the plays if he's going to be the offensive line coach? Well, the answer seems to be that he's not going to be the uh, you know full-on offensive line coach. I mean, he, it seems like he's you know kind of overseeing the operation, and that he'll maybe move around depending on on where he's he's wanted or needed. But when it comes down to it, he's the guy who, who's you know been in the center of things with the offense yes. for what four straight practices now. I think that we we've got a pretty good sample size. Uh, at, at least for now. We'll see if that changes, but honestly, at this point, it, it seems like it's not likely to change. In other Patriots-related news, you know, Dev 
In other Patriots news, Devon Godshaw signed a contract extension yesterday. Two years, a little bit over $20 million to go on top of the contract that he signed last year, which was, I believe, uh, two years and, and $16 million. And Bill Belichick, before practice, called Godshaw one of the best defensive linemen in the league. Straight-faced, I mean, said it was an easy decision. Both sides are happy with it. Uh, Godshaw's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, was in the house, uh, you know, greeting Bill Belichick. And, you know, obviously it, it does seem like both sides were pretty pleased with this. And when asked about it after practice, Godshaw, you know, basically he didn't shy away from it. He said, yeah, I do believe I'm one of the better defensive linemen in the league. Here's what he had to say about it. I mean, if I'm being honest, yes, I do. Why? If I'm being honest, because I mean, I bring, I feel like for to be a good D tackle, you got to first be able to stop the run. No good D tackle is just going to just be a pass rusher. He have to have some disruptive in the run because it starts with the run. If you can't stop the run, I feel like you can't, you can't pass rush. So I feel like, you know, my guys like Judon, my guys like Uche, you know, setting up them guys, to, you know, third and long, you know, like that, you know, of course, with Lawrence Guy, you know, Christian Baltimore, you know, all my other guys. It's not just me, but, you know, I do consider myself one of the best people in the league. Now, some people might look at it and say, why are you extending Godshaw, you know, as a run stopper when the Patriots' run defense wasn't even that good? And if you look at the statistics, the Patriots were tied for eighth highest yards per carry given up at 4.5 yards per carry. So clearly it wasn't the strongest showing from the run defense overall last year. You can you can obviously say that. But it does seem as if perhaps they looked at what Godshaw did last year and they said maybe he's not really the problem with that operation. We feel like he did well, that he can continue getting better. And Godshaw himself said that he believes that he can get better as a, as a pass rusher and continuing to anchor things in the run game. But if you're worried about Godshaw getting complacent now that he's got his paper, he said, uh-uh. I'm the same person every day. You can ask each one of my teammates. The same person, you know. <laughs> Never let the money change me, you know. Uh, still the same person, still the same hunger, you know. <laughs> uh, each and every day, I'm, I'm going to play the same way. You know, it's not going to change me. You know, get better every day, come with the same, you know, attitude. You know, be the first one in line. I'm going to be the same me every day. So, I mean, you know, I'm happy but not satisfied. And I'll tell you what, given the situation that the Patriots defense is in now with a little bit more uncertainty on the back end especially and you know, looking for players, looking for its veterans to step up, this could be as good an opportunity for Godshaw as any to prove that he is in fact one of the better defensive linemen in the league. That's all for today. Day two of training camp is in the books. I will be back here tomorrow for day three of training camp down here at Gillette Stadium. Till then, I'm Kyrie Thompson, your host of First in Foxborough.